Season 2, Episode 31 of Stats of Matter. Week 9 was a disaster piece for your picks, Tim. <laughs> I closed the gap. Oh, I'm so happy. It's like Christmas come early. In our cups mm. this week, it's an amber lager from Cleveland. This is for you. Ohio. And a bourbon whiskey from Louisville, Kentucky. Follow us on Instagram at Stats of Matter and Twitter. Stats Podcast. For all things sports beer, find Stats of Matter wherever you get your podcast. Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google, Tim, let's get into the show. Oh, let's go. All right. Ready. Tell us tell us what you're drinking because you, you only got two, count them, two picks right this week. Uh, so you're probably I drinking did. the hard stuff. I am drinking the hard stuff, actually. So, uh, yeah, very, very tough week. Um, I got all the picks that could have, well, some of them seemed like they were easy picks. But uh, no, no, if you were a, a gambling man, I had seen a, a hundred dollar parlay that turned into one hundred and fifty thousand dollars based off of the games that uh <laughs> that I lost here for this one. Uh, but man, man, oh man, it was a very, very interesting, interesting week. Um, so yeah, I'm going right to the hard stuff. Uh, actually, I'm not. I'm not going because of because uh, of anything other than the fact that I've been on vacation the last few days. Sorry about that. That's why you are getting this podcast later than normal. Um, I went down, had a little guys trip down to Florida. Uh, that went down, um, visited a buddy of mine from Maine who now lives down that way. Shout out to Steve Plummer. Had ourselves, uh, a week. It was fantastic. I just got back and, um, went to Disney, did all the, the big kid stuff, uh, ate around the world, drinks around the world, checked out the new Star Wars location. Holy shit. If you have not been. It is amazing, 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 amazing. Um, did some kayaking and some fishing. Saw some alligators. Ate some alligators. Uh, fun fact: alligator tacos, at least the ones we had at this uh, like food truck, uh, was better than most fish tacos I've ever had, which was surprising to me. I did not expect that, and they were. Amazing and like both mayo with like the seasoning, but damn, it was very good, very very good. So Florida was a great success. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you're seeing all these stupid uh, Mandalorian uh, helmet hats. And sorry, not sorry, they're probably not going to end soon. So too bad. Uh, right. <laughs> so tonight I am drinking Old Forester, the 1920s, their Prohibition style uh, straight bourbon. Uh, this one's at about 115 proof. Uh, in my opinion, I think Old Forester is one of those you can't go wrong with, no matter what you're picking up. Uh, I put them along the lines with like Michter's in that regards, where Michter's makes everything, you know, amazing. Um, but fun little thing about the the brewery and what kind of leads to this prohibition style is that uh, back in 1920. When they initiated prohibition, uh, there were only six distilleries in Kentucky that were still permitted to continue to, to bottle bourbon um, under the uh, guise of medicinal purposes. <laughs> uh, Old Forester is one of those. They continued to bottle, uh, came out raw, bottled raw. It's the same one that's been sold all the way from then until now. So this one kind of stares or or sticks with a lot of that same style, which is why it gets its name. Um, I've had a lot of their stuff before, so I expect this is probably going to be kind of in the same vein. It's 115 proof, equates to about 57.5% ABV. Um, if you are a whiskey drinker, you know that the higher proof, tends to be the the more flavorful. So that's kind of what we're going for with this one. But cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers, cheers, cheers. It's good. So this one's got like a like a thicker feel to it. Uh, a lot of whiskeys, uh especially when you get into some of the um some of the higher proof, some of the higher quality tend to have like this silky, velvety feel to them. And this is one of those pretty much on the spot. I'm not one of those that like sniffs and tries to break down some of the notes, but this one tastes 
I get a lot of vanilla out of this one. I get some cherry. I get uh uh actually it, it feels a little bit like maple syrup that's in there. If you were a casual whiskey fan or someone trying to get into this, if you were to proof this down a little bit, meaning put in some cubes or a splash of water, this could be a really good cocktail drink for you. Um, but for me, straight up, this is this might be one of my favorites from Old Forester, at least in recent memory. Mm. Yeah, it's got like a smooth finish too. It doesn't for 115, it doesn't have that harsh bite you sometimes get either. So this one's a good one. I'm gonna give this one um uh, <clears throat> don't forget I do my whiskeys on like a one to ten scale because they're a little bit more refined and a lot harder to just lump in. So I'm gonna give this one like a a seven eight. Seven eight. Yeah, damn. That's a lot. That's a good one. Let's go. That is a, that is a good one. I would say if you are uh in it, do it up. I'm also sidecar in this one with Backwoods Bastard. It's uh it's a straight up ale aged in uh an oak bourbon barrel. Just cause by, by founders and it used to be seasonal and now it is uh a mostly a, seasonal still. No, no, no. Now it's a uh, year round release and hmm. it's sweet. Got a little like brown sugar note to it. It's phenomenal. All right. Well, I am drinking Elliot Ness Amber Lager by Great Lakes Brewing Co. You've probably heard of it. Definitely one of those flagship beers uh, that if you're a craft beer fan, everyone talks about. Uh, Great Lakes makes some good beer. Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I, this is kind of what I got in the back of my fridge, if you can believe it. I'm kind of running out of beers. I've uh, been crushing through them. Uh, Amber Lager. Look, we're completely in fall now, right? It's just the way it is. So um, it's getting a little colder, and I need something that's a little maltier, a little more caramelly. I need something that hits a little bit different than a lager and not as hard as an IPA. So nice caramel brown color. Let's go. 48,000 sips. Everyone knows the rules. Yep. Very good. Very, very good. Very good indeed. Only 27 IBUs, 6%. You could have about five of these in a row and not even realize. It'll probably catch up with you at that point because like 6% for an amber, is, it's not high. It's not low by any stretch of imagination, but it's not super high. But you're going to get that. You could really taste like the the malt and the caramel. Get a little hint of sugar right there. Yeah, you're going to have a headache if you drink enough of these. But, man, it is pretty good, pretty good. I would give that, honestly. i give it a 3.8 and crush most of these on a nice, nice fall day. No problem. None whatsoever. All right. That's what's in our cups this week. We encourage you to go find it. Tim, we have got to get to these disaster piece, hashtag disaster piece picks, uh, because you had the worst pick ever, which I got to preface it. Your heart was in the right place and your mind was in the right place too. But the NFL monster just came out and completely laid waste to your picks and not mine. So had an absolute banger of a week. But let's start off with Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... I was feeling pretty confident about a lot of these picks, and the football gods did not uh, did not see kindly to that same thing. They must have known I was on vacation and just wanted to, you know, ruin my whole time. Actually, I'll be honest with you; I didn't pay attention to a lot of it, <laughs> probably for the best <laughs> going into it. Um, but yeah, this was this one was uh, all uh, Carson Wentz. I think he's kind of turning around a little bit, but. We're kind of changing up the format a little bit this week. We're going to keep these a little bit more brief. So what we're going to do is we're going to do something. We've got to look back on this game and something to kind of take it and look forward to, you know, the the remainder of the season or the upcoming week. So um, Jonathan Taylor, 178 yards, two touchdowns. He had 28 yards receiving. In my opinion, he is quickly progressing to the top of the list in terms of uh, running backs in the league without Henry floating around. Uh, you know, he is a guy who's attempting to carry this team. Uh, that's a phenomenal outing. As far as something, you know, I'm looking forward to is that this may have been the game where Carson Wentz has turned it around. Uh, he, or at least he's starting to hit his stride. They were a banged up Jets team. It wasn't as good of a measuring stick as you would like, but you'll take these kind of wins when you get them. At three touchdowns, 217 yards without any turnovers so pretty solid outing uh i've been talking about him a little bit over the last few weeks saying that i thought he was 
close and I kind of feel for the guy, but it seems like they are now starting to find ways to put it together. I'll need to see him go up against one or two more decent teams before we make any sort of judgment, but it does look like this is one of those uh, those turnaround games. All right. Saints, Falcons. I thought this was going to go a little bit differently. I, I put the Saints defense out there, and I said this is what it's going to be. It's going to be a 17-14 kind of week. Bro, Matt Ryan does not need his non-throwing hand. He's just fine. He, somehow Atlanta won this game after allowing 22 points in the fourth quarter. And a series of failed two-point conversions really prevented the Saints from outright winning earlier. Young Wei Koo kick from 30 yards out sealed the deal for the Falcons. Um, I think once Atlanta figures out how to get offense going, other than folks like Olamides, Zacchaeus, and Corderell Patterson, like maybe Kyle Pitts, who you draft number four overall, I think the team's really going to start to roll some heads. It's not a wash of a season. Plenty of fights left in the squad, but for the Saints, this puts a little cold water on your idea, Tim, that Kamara is the MVP because he didn't win this game. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I've never said Kamara was the MVP. That is never, those words have never once left my mouth. And if you can find me that podcast, I'll uh, double any one of our previous bets because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not about that life. No, no, no. You said he should be in the conversation. I don't know. I don't even know if I ever said that either. Mm. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. So, hey, Jamie, Jamie, pull it up. Pull it up, Jamie. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> we need one of those guys. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Now, now accepting applications for for free labor in exchange for maybe some beer. <laughs> uh, all right, so I had Denver Dallas. This is another one that seemed to be a relative no brainer. You had Dak returning, everything's kind of been falling that way, but that is not what happened. It, this weekend was a little bit of a mess for them. Uh, a very messy return for Dak. Missed almost half of his attempts. Tossed an interception. He just looked extremely rusty. I thought this was the Cowboys' season giveaway. And this week against the Broncos, no less, it looked like they were a little bit lost. The defense is struggling a bit, too, giving up a total of 470 yards with 191 of them coming from just two running backs. That's that's something you're going to have to try and figure out because uh, if you're losing the game. If you're using, losing games like this against uh, teams like the Broncos, imagine what happens when you start going up against better talent and better running backs. So big question mark there. Um, despite losing Von Miller, though, in in that trade, which most thought might be the signal uh, or the the sign that the end was coming, that they were not necessarily in tank mode, but they were looking at the the upcoming seasons. Uh, that is not what this looked like. It looked like they came out and played some motivated football. Some of the some of that is rust on the side of Dak, but still, they seem to understand that the move was meant more. Uh, to signal that nobody was safe and that if you weren't carrying your weight, you know, you were trade fodder. Or uh, if if there was some value in a position, they were going to offload that to bring in more talent to fill in some of those some of those gaps. Um, Von Miller is a name you haven't heard a lot of in recent memory, so he's going in to be more uh, of a of a uh, gear in the machine uh, in terms of his transfer to the Rams. Not necessarily their star player, but. Goes to show, doesn't matter how tenured you are, if they're going to find value and bring someone in who's going to fill holes, you're out. So everyone seemed to kind of respond to that pretty well. That one hurt. That loss hurt. Yeah, yeah, it it was it was pretty pretty crazy. Didn't do well for me in fantasy either. <clears throat> All right, Panthers, <laughs> Patriots. Welcome back, Christian McCaffrey. Sam Darnold is really hurt, y'all. Three interceptions, a backbreaking pick six to J.C. Jackson, who's picked him off a time or two before. This game really got out of hand. Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones, 139 yards total. One touchdown, one interception. Looks like a rookie out there. Darnold's, meanwhile, 172 yards, zero TDs, three picks, QBR rating of 26.3. Panthers are going to be missing Darnold for multiple weeks. They've now signed Cameron Jarrell Newton to the team. Welcome back, Superman Cam. Better days are ahead for the team. But the Patriots defense, Tim, you've been saying this all season. I didn't really believe it until I watched this game. Patriots defense really made money. Um, eight passes defense, three picks. But what more can you tell me about winning ugly than what the Patriots just did? Now, if they keep playing games like this, they're going to fuck around and make it to the playoffs in the wild card spot, aren't they? And I'm oh, yeah. not happy about that. <laughs> not happy at all. This is supposed to be a down year, Tim. I, I, I don't uh, I don't even know if I would go so far as to say a wild card spot. I could see them. I could see them. I mean, a lot of football left. A lot of football left. A lot of football left. 
was it 16 regular season games? So there's 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 still some time. All right. <clears throat> Baltimore, Minnesota. This is actually one I managed to get right. Uh despite what the the game's box score might say, this was an incredible, incredible game by Lamar. Unsustainable, but incredible. On the receiving side, he racked up 266 yards with three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but that would normally be a major red flag if if he didn't have uh, 21 rushing attempts for 120 yards on top of that. So there's some room there to forgive a lot of that. Uh, in terms of what we need to be paying attention to, Lamar has to be able to dish the ball out more often and with more accuracy. Right now, he's trying to carry the team solo. It isn't going to last very long. He's already been bitten by the injury bug a couple times. You saw what last season ended up looking like. But this is prime time Lamar. This is sort of what everyone was hoping this would be. Back when we were having the conversation about him versus Mahomes, this is kind of more what I was talking about in that scenario before last season's shit show. We don't know what that may have been. Injury, COVID, we don't know. He just wasn't the same. But this season, is what we've seen so far, is exactly what I meant when when we were originally talking. I said I would take Lamar over Mahomes. This isn't even considering Mahomes' struggles as of late. This is just him as a quarterback and what he can do. It's, he He is literally manhandling this team into winning games. He's got some offensive help that has been helping as of late, but most of these wins are coming on the back of, of Lamar. It's not sustainable. They're like one injury away from just plummeting to the bottom of that division. But for now, while he's healthy, great. Just needs to get a little more accurate, maybe a little help. All right, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Maybe I'm a little biased in my hashtag let Joey Roar phrase, but come on. I didn't see this coming. Joey B, 2INT. Yeah, you know me. Might be his new nickname until I see otherwise. The Browns excused Odell Beckham Jr. from this game. He's now a Los Angeles Ram. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 60-yard touchdown. Nick Chubb scored at the tail end of a 70-yard run. The Bengals tried. They showed up. They get a gold star. But that's about it, man. The Browns may have some chemistry issues, which they're thinking they're fixed because OBJ is no longer in the equation, but they have the Patriots this week. And we're going to find out if these Browns are for real or if they're doomed to flip-flop above and below 500 all season. Buffalo, Jacksonville, another <laughs> game that uh, seemed to be a lock. But this game featured two offenses that had been banged up and they were missing some pretty key players. That was evident as this became a defensive showcase, a boring one at that. Uh, well, unless you were a defensive fan in which you got to witness Josh Allen not the quarterback Josh Allen, the rising star defensive Josh Allen. Uh, <clears throat> the man was all over the field, and nobody was nobody was safe. He had two turnovers, a bunch of tackles, a sack. The man was just playing like his hair was on fire. It was entertaining to watch, especially all the commentary about Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen and Josh Allen pressuring Josh Allen. And it was fun for the first half, but. Um. Uh, if the Bills want to keep rolling, they need to get more disciplined. Many of the great stops that were left on the field were left on the cutting room floor because of penalties. They had uh, 118 yards altogether. If they're looking to go deep in the postseason, that needs to be the one thing that they address the most because they're allowing teams to extend drives a lot longer than what they should be because they are making timely stops and their defense is finding ways to get the ball you know, midfield and, and turn back over until someone screws up. They had a handful of personal foul penalties in the first half alone. So something's got to give there or it's going to start costing them a lot of games. Like it did in this one. Yeah, sure did. That was, that was, a, that was a beautiful game, too. Uh, all right, Texans, Dolphins. <sighs> Miami won 19-7. And that's not the definition of handily, like I thought they were going to handily win this game. Uh Tyrod, first game back, saw him toss it 43 times for 240 yards. No TDs, three INTs. That's the definition of yikes. Tua didn't play in this game, and the Texans only scored nine points thanks to three field goals. This game could have been much worse if Tyrod threw those picks and they were returned for six, but that didn't happen that way. There's more drama in Miami with Tua than there should be. 
The Dolphins got to figure out some stuff here. They won't play the Texans every week, but Brissett is holding it down for now. That's not a recipe for future success, in my opinion. All right. Uh, again, on to another loss with <laughs> Las Vegas and the Giants. Um, they're kind of stacking up against me now because this one should have been a game in which uh, they struggled. So let, let me backtrack. I, I went into this one <laughs> uh, thinking it was a lock, and that has not well. What am I saying? None of these none of these games have been lost. Whatever. Uh <clears throat> I'm not gonna say the off the field drama uh is is causing anything, but how can you not take it into consideration? They're going against the against the team that's been struggling to find its way with a banged up offense. Should have been an easy win, and it wasn't. Jones is still trying to beat the turnover bug here, and it it ended with only 110 yards. Uh I lead Vegas, Las Vegas, because I thought for sure, you know, if they came over everything with the coach, this might be something they might be able to kind of come together. But that just wasn't the case. They looked way more mortal than what, uh, you know, they had been in the weeks prior. The Raiders are going to have to figure it out. As of right now, this is roughly when they start to kind of fall off based on previous seasons. I don't think, however, there's anything to worry about long term. These bumps in the road off the field and the drama that's kind of following them around might help galvanize the team, but that's yet to really be seen. So far, we're one and one in weeks that follow uh, major off-field drama. So for their sake, I'm hoping this is the end of it, but um, there's still some stuff to figure out. Now they also have a big hole on the offensive side. They're going to have to fill in, and someone's going to have to step on that receiving core. But yeah, another another tough loss, but pales in comparison to the week they had, so I'll take it. Good for the Giants, though. Good for the damn Giants. Chargers, Eagles. I put in last week's show notes, I put Devonta Smith on the wire. So, of course, you know what had to happen. I'm facing a guy in fantasy this week who has not won a single game, 0-8. Picks up Devonta Freeman off the waiver wire. Plays him against me. Promptly scores 22 points PPR against me. Mm. Oof. <laughs> the Eagles came within a field goal of winning this game, which is insane. The, the Chargers are supposed to be a much better team than this. They should have easily thumped the Eagles if they traded blows to them and were in serious trouble of losing this game until, you know, just a couple frames left in, in, like in the game. You still have some tough divisional games on your schedule. I hope they stop playing down to their opponents. Eagles, where the fuck was this offense the entire time this season? You rushed for four touchdowns a week ago. Now you throw it all over the place. What kind of team are they going to be in the second half of the season, Tim? I don't know. I, I mean, I thought the Cowboys were going to win the division, but now suddenly they look like they're mortal. Could the Eagles fuck around and find out? I, we'll have to see. Oh, don't let that happen. It would be too uh, much. <laughs> hey, look at this. One I got right. Yeah, the second Bare- one. <laughs> Barely. Barely. But one I did get right. Uh, <clears throat> Kansas City, Green Bay. Uh, the Chiefs finally hit the 500 season, uh, a 500 mark on the season, which is a big yikes. And it had to go up against the Jordan Love-led team. Uh, Jordan did not look great in this one. The pack is going to be all right. Thankfully, it looks like uh, Karen Rogers will be back next week. Take the mantle again. Um, maybe turns out uh, everything he did uh, and the fines associated with it were the same as uh, running around with your shirt on top. So. Trash. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> still blows my mind, but that's a conversation for another day. 190 yards versus 166 yards. And if I had to pop quiz you on who was who, uh, if you told me it was Patrick Mahomes would be outdone by a rookie quarterback that was on the verge of getting shut out until the end of the fourth quarter, I would have asked if you even knew what American football was and if you were watching the right game. Because I didn't think that would be possible. But here we are in the year of our Lord, 2021, where Patrick Mahomes is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. I'm saying it. Middle-of-the-pack quarterback. That's uh, been to happen. Kind of goes to show how bad he's been struggling this year. And it's a very, 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 very strange thing to watch. I don't suspect it'll be long-term. Uh, and I don't think if this was any other team or 
really any other quarterback leading the Packers, they would have stood a chance to win. Um, it's also not a great look for Jordan Love, which I don't think he's going to be ready by the end of this season. I think he's going to be a, the type of player that needs a little bit more time to sort of bake in the oven before they put him out front. And I don't even know if that's next season based off of what we saw. One game, small sample size, not a great look. Not a great look. All right, Arizona, San Fran. I thought this would be a lot closer. Uh, maybe it'd be a nice prize fight between middleweights. No knockouts, plenty of drama. No, this is all heavyweight. When a team like the Cardinals sits their QB1 and their WR1 due to injuries and still manages to whoop on you, a divisional opponent, that's not a bad day. Not a bad day. The office will take that any day. Speaking of days, have a day, Colt McCoy. Uh, looked stunningly in control of that offense, which is really weird. Uh, trade for James Conner in fantasy if you can, because Chase Edmonds was doubtful about three yards after his first handoff and is on the back burner for multiple weeks. Now, the Niners are in deep trouble here. There's a chance that coaching is the reason why this team can't get in a groove. Maybe it's the quarterback situation. Who knows? But the Niners need to circle the wagons because they have a pretty tough Monday night football opponent this week, a divisional opponent in the Rams, who, as we already talked about, just got Von Miller. So, I don't know, Niners. Put that shit together. How about Jimmy G throwing 326 yards, you know? In a since, loss. Since being told, hey, we time to move on from Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. He has come out and balled out pretty much every weekend since. Yeah, uh, and he'll be, the, uh, he'll be the Browns quarterback next year. Speaking of balling <laughs> out, uh, Tennessee decided to ball out without Derrick Henry, which is the exact reason why I thought Tennessee was going to lose at the end of this week. Uh, but the Titans' defense might just be the answer to the season-ending injury for Derrick Henry. They went up against the Super Bowl favorite this year. They bullied them around pretty bad. Uh, Stafford couldn't get comfortable. He turned the ball over twice. Their offense wasn't too shabby either, but didn't look completely sharp, missing you know the league-leading rusher. So that's to be expected, but if they can keep that defense on the forefront, they may pay off huge for them down the road. Um, however, this is also a mimic league, which everyone is probably tired of hearing me say because I've said it pretty much ad nausea for the last two years. Uh, but you've now seen a game plan to slow down the Rams. There's been other ones that were similar, but some of those, you know, the likes of Bill Belichick and those guys, very different. This is a team. Uh, that is sort of middle of the road, middle of the pack team without Derrick Henry, who went in and stopped a team in which they were major underdogs. And now they may have set the blueprint for what to do going forward. Teams should study this. They should take it. They should regurgitate it each week until the Rams find a way to stop them. You have OBJ now, but OBJ was also on another team in which he didn't actually make that much of a difference. You need to kind of kind of wonder what's going on here. They need a little help on the offensive line at also, to really take the risk to win some of these big games. Otherwise, uh, Stafford is going to continue to be on the go. Like, a lot. A lot, a lot. And as we've seen, not always the best move. Not at all. All right, Monday Night Football. I'll finish up this, this this last week. Chicago, Pittsburgh. I said Pittsburgh with the dub. And, oh, boy, was that close. <laughs> it was 29-27. Uh, look. Justin Fields might have something in the tank that we haven't fully appreciated yet. Um, and the taunting rule is fucking trash with a capital T. You can't tell me otherwise. Um, if you want to throw 15 yards, throw 15 yards. But like some of these are game changing plays, and I'm just not a fan of it. Like, um, there have been people that have had plenty of things to say about it, and I agree with most of them. If you're going to get a penalty for charging for someone's head and you decide to chop at the air and do a karate chop like Cassis Marsh did, which is his move, and you just decide that now you want to go ahead and flag it. You know what the league could have done? The league could have sent examples of videos that they thought were taunting to all kinds of teams, and they could have continued to send to them for the first four to six weeks of the season. And they could have said, look, we went lenient, but now, mid to late part of the season, we're going to go ahead and start giving you these penalties. But they didn't, and they're enforcing a rule. Honestly, that's just silly. It's stupid. And I can't even say anything more about this game because it just takes away from the fact that the Bears might have won this game, and I might have gotten this pick wrong. But I didn't because of hashtag rule. I don't know. Not a big fan. Okay. That is week nine. We're halfway through the season. 
before we get into these next week's picks, let's go ahead and just take a recap. Take take a breath, see where we are here. Uh, total you got correct in week nine was two. I got five correct, which brings a grand total to 38 apiece. So now I can be just as fucking emotional as I want in these picks because eh, I'm back, baby. Woo! Mm-hmm. I'm, like the, I'm like the undertaker with these picks. Let's hop into week 10. This is, this is, these are my bounce back picks. Okay. Okay. Well, we didn't <laughs> we didn't get to you know Ravens Dolphins, but I'm sure you would have picked Ravens. You would have been wrong there, so that's fine. <laughs> um, I I was gonna pick Bills and Jets, but you know what? Since you didn't get to pick a game, I won't pick that game. So we we won't we won't have that one count. Oh no I, no no no! I don't want any handicaps. I don't want any handicaps. Oh, okay. All right. All right. But I don't think there's any way that the Bills lose to another New York team, even if the league is catching up with them, even if the Jags put one hell of a clinic on the jets are not going to go quietly into the good night. So I think this game is a lot closer than we expect it to be, but I expect bills. All right. <clears throat> Buccaneers, uh, Washington, the bucks have been kind of interesting against teams. You thought they should blow out, uh, where they seem to be playing, maybe not, not necessarily to their level, but they keep finding ways to kind of keep some of these games a lot closer than what they should be. Uh, and fucking around and losing a couple of them. Um, this one might be one of the games that flirt with that a little bit, but I do think the Buccaneers ultimately end up uh, coming out with this one. Awesome! I got Falcons Cowboys. I this is this is also a tough one. A week ago, you couldn't have convinced me to pick the Falcons or think twice about it. It just wasn't going to happen. And after the Cowboys bye week and the drubbing that they took in the hands of a Von Millerless Broncos, I think we're in for a hell of a shootout here. And I, for one, am excited about it. I'm going to lean Cowboys here, but it's going to be a nail-biter. Saints-Titans. Uh, now we're getting into some of that same stupid, choppy territory where last week I was like, the Titans obviously aren't going to win this because they don't have Derrick Henry and blah, 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 blah. And then the Saints are another team where I've often gone and said, like, Simeon and, and what weird team is this? They're not going to win anything. And then they go around and screw up. So uh, for me, I'm going to lean a little bit more on the – titans defensively and i think they're gonna try and find ways to uh keep simeon kind of on his heels throughout the game i'm not comfortable with this pick but i am going to go Titans. all right jags colts can lightning strike twice maybe but i don't think so the jags beat a fantastic team got a lot of monkeys off their back in the process of doing so and absolutely could fuck around and win this game as well which would be a nice surprise but have you seen Jonathan Taylor? This, is, this isn't Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, or we'll just give it to Josh Allen. Third, like Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz finally began to throw the football, a little bit of confidence, the defense is okay. This is a tall order, and I don't see the Jags overcoming that one this week. It will be a nice game regardless. Divisional game, I expect the Colts to win. Uh, man, there's another one I'm not comfortable with because it's... <laughs> it's 0-18 versus 5-3 team, Tim. I I understand that, but the points scored per game is a lot closer than you would expect. There's only about three points on average separating these two teams in terms of points scored. And the Steelers are a team that's been inconsistent, you know, week after week. They've won a lot of close games, but some of those wins have come against garbage teams. So I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend the first portion of this season didn't exist. I have to take that into consideration, and I don't think the Lions are going to lose all 16 games. There's going to be a game in which they find a way to string it together. He's doing and, it and come out now. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm no, not. All right. I don't. Oh my god. I don't know what I'm going to do with these ones because I'm so uh, shell shocked from last week. Um, number wise, both Goff and Roethlisberger are almost identical. They're only separated by two touchdowns. But as far as yardage goes, uh, and completions and attempts go, all those numbers skew towards uh, towards Goff. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do something <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it's the lines. I'm going to oh, take the lines. Okay, let's I'm my, go. I'm looking at my crystal ball here. Yeah. Mate. I'm going to go lines. They're going to win their first game against the Steelers. Yeah, this one hurts. <laughs> it's going to hurt next week. All right, yeah. Browns, Patriots. Look, Nick Chubb is now on the COVID-19 reserve list. Baker Mayfield is maybe figuring some stuff out. Would be a nice game if the Browns could put together something. This is the Browns. 
against Bill Belichick. I don't think I have the guts to pick against the Patriots in this one. Though knowing the way the NFL is working these days, I could not have a, a stream amount of faith that this won't turn into a boat race to 35 either. That being said, got to go with the Patriots here. I, I, I don't feel comfortable with any of these games. God damn it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Look, all I literally do is I just I just copy them from the I need from I the need NFL website. I need if I had the last uh, game, you get the first game. That's just I need someone who's in analytics to look back on all these and see if there's some some foul play afoot because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm smelling some, some <laughs> analytics some foul play on a podcast called Stats Don't Matter. Yep, sounds yeah. like it. Uh, anyway, uh, Chargers Vikings. I thought last week the Vikings didn't stand a chance. Uh, my God would say. Don't stand a chance here either. I mean, the Chargers are definitely the better team, uh, but we live in the upside down now, so you never know which way this is going to go. Herbert, I think, is still the guy to beat, so I'm going to go Chargers. All right. <sighs> Let's see here. <clears throat> I'm going to get one. I'm going to one pick right this week. I know. Yeah, probably. Panthers, Cardinals, Cameron Jarrell. As long as you get zero picks, that's all. That, that's yeah, all right. That. Yeah, N- not likely because I'm picking this one correctly. Panthers, Cardinals, uh, Cameron Jarrell is back. May or may not be playing in this game. Most likely not. Kyler hopefully got a nice week of rest. You have to wonder if he's 100%, even if he does come back off that knee and ankle injury. This game will let us know for sure if that's the case. There's too much talent on this Cardinals team to pick against. So I'm going to go angry Redbirds here. Give me the cards. You know what's funny? I wouldn't be surprised if this one comes out as one of those games where uh, Sam Darnold like, plays his balls off. because Well, he can't because... He's he's on he's injured for like ah, yeah, the next like four yeah, to six yeah. weeks, which is why they signed Cameron Jarrell, which yeah, is pretty crazy. Did, right, did you right, see? Right. Did you see the meme that came out? They said David Tepper cut Cam Newton to pay Teddy Teddy Bridgewater to then trade him away so he could get Sam Darnold, so yeah. he could then go back to Cam Newton. Also, did you see how much money he made? Yeah, he's like he made like four and a half million dollars guaranteed, and then he, you know it's like, like a ten million dollar contract for yeah. for that guaranteed. Absolutely I beautiful. Do. Absolutely just, beautiful. Love it. This is, this is how disconnected I was all week. I didn't even know Sam Darnold was uh, injured. I thought they signed him to sign him as backup. So, nope. Cool, cool. Uh, hey, this is a sports podcast. I'm glad we know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get paid to be insiders, Tim. No, this is true. Or spectators. Yeah, that too. I should have seen that coming. Yep. Um, anyway. Uh, Eagles Broncos, another game in which I do not feel 100% confident on, but I think the Broncos, uh, they found a little bit last week. I think that is just a little bit more than the Eagles have got going on right now. So, uh, with nothing more than uh, hopes and dreams, I'm actually gonna go Broncos. Hey, look at that! <laughs> Seahawks Packers. <laughs> This is probably one where I'll give you one, but you know what? Russ activated off uh, injured reserve today. Super happy about this. Seattle's not won in Lambeau since 1999. Don't give a fuck. Pick up my heart here. If Rodgers playing this game, it's iffy whether the Seahawks win. But he's on his post-COVID tour. If he, he still has to test negative before the game. So there's a decent chance he doesn't play. Now, if Jordan Loves plays this game, Seattle's winning this. Hardcore. I think it's a different story. Either way, Russ got the pin out. He's ready to throw three TDs in this game, and I'm picking with my heart here. In Russ, we trust. That's my MVP. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. How many interceptions, though? One, probably. Okay. I mean, I mean, he just had a pin taken out of his goddamn hand, Tim. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> Chiefs Raiders, this is... <laughs> I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, Sam. I want you to go fuck yourself with all these teams. <laughs> Uh, a five and four team going up against a five and three team, divisional opponents. Early on, I would have said this is probably an easy win for the Raiders, but after what happened last week, I don't know anymore. Again, we live in the upside down. The Chiefs came back and they won a game last week. Still living in the upside down. Patrick Mahomes playing like dog shit. Also in the upside down. I have zero confidence in the Chiefs, but. A wavering Raiders team still trying to figure out, you know, where things are going to fall and, and, and sort of finding their identity. Um, still very hard for me to pick against them right now where the Chiefs are still managing to struggle. I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see a turnaround at some point and the Chiefs really hit their stride. I don't have the confidence that it's this week, so I'm actually going to pick against them and I'm going to go with the Raiders, even though they're down a wide receiver and down a coach. I think. 
given how much they struggled against uh, the Packers last week, who doesn't have the best defense, had a brand new first starting rookie quarterback. Uh, and it took, I mean, they almost coughed that game up. He scored twice in the, the second half of the fourth quarter. So the, the Chiefs defensive, the Chiefs defense is a mess. Patrick Mahomes and the offense, they're really struggling to find their groove. I don't know what's going on with that team. If it's a coaching thing, a chemistry thing, a, I, I don't, I, I, I don't understand what is going on there because on paper it doesn't make any sense. There wasn't a lot of turnover on the offensive side of the ball in terms of last season to this season. Their defense was definitely struggling, but none of that makes sense for the Tyree Kill, Kelsey, Mahomes pairing. Like those three should win you ten games a season by themselves with a mediocre offensive line, but nothing seems to be falling in their way. They're all just playing terribly. I hate to say it, but I feel like a lot of that falls on Mahomes' shoulders. He's just not seeing the game the same way this season. So I'm picking the Raiders just because I don't have any confidence in the Chiefs. It's the only reason why. But I would not be shocked if we start to see a trend in the upward direction, and it starts with last week going into this week. So. That'd be that'd be nuts. But this is also what happens, I think, when you go on the shop on HBO and you openly admit that you didn't start watching film until like midway through your second season. Pro- probably not the best for you because now all, all people have to do is just put things on film you've never seen before. And <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Last game of this week, Rams 49ers, another divisional matchup Monday night. Going to be a lot of fireworks. Just to clarify, in the last week, the Rams got Von Miller and now they have Odell Beckham Jr. The fuck is this life, man? I don't know. The the ninety the forty niners are in a bit of a free fall here, and the Rams pretty much said to hell with the picks. Let's go all in on this season or bust. It's hard to pick against a team like that. They have the talent. The defense is better. Jimmy G might be balling outrageous, but if the Niners had the defense now that they had on their Super Bowl run, this would be a different story. This would be a different game. I don't see it going this way. I think the Rams are going to win. I don't think it's going to be big. I don't think it's going to be small. I think it's going to be comfortable. I'd, I'd say like 10 to 12 points is what I think the Rams are going to win this game by. Question. Answer. Do you think if they start playing well, Stafford starts getting all the same grief everybody gave Tom Brady when he was finding success because of all the weapons he had on his team? Yep. You think so? Oh, yeah. They just go, oh my gosh, look how good the Rams well, are. Well, no, and the NFL has been trying to make the LA Rams happen for years. Um, and they just have an abundance of talent. Like if you, if you propose this trade in Madden, it would be vetoed by the computer. It would be like, no, yeah. Ex- except like franchise mode in a, in a weird way. Like we're not going to give this to you. Dell so, has, has no problem with it. Competition committee has no problem with it. And if the Rams just go and, you know, click off another six wins in a row, no one's going to have anything to say about it, but there is those people who are going to say, Oh, Stafford's MVP. And then someone's going to say, yeah, but. Because he caught a lot of talent around him, and he has a defense. It's always what happens, right? Russ never received an MVP vote because he always had Lynch and a great defense. Tom Brady, you know, won MVP, but when he went to the Bucks and was Super Bowl MVP, everyone's like, well, look what he had, the defense. All this, okay, come on. Mm-hmm. If it's your first time, usually it's pretty clear in a way that you're the MVP. Stafford's never got any of that love. It would be an incredible character arc, and I think it would happen. They start winning some games. We're going to say he's MVP caliber, but now nah, there'll be a couple teams out there that will go, hi, remember us? Like yeah. the Titans who like, you thought we didn't have a chance. <laughs> Look yeah. what we did. Yeah. Three this interceptions, is... five sacks or something like that in the last yeah. game. So this is, this is an interesting little trend for Jimmy G what, about week. So week four, week five, they were talking about whether or not it was a uh, time to just slide Lance in permanently. Yeah, that was me. Was it four or five week four? They had the bye week was week five for them. Week four, then? Yeah, they, I think they had just lost to the to the Colts on Sunday night. A couple weeks ago. Okay, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, starting back in week four, Jimmy G went 14 of 23 for 165 yards. He had a bye week. He came back. He went 16 of 27 for 181 yards. Like, oh, okay, a little better. Week eight, he went 17 of 28 for 322 yards. 80 of those came from... A Debo Samuel play, though. Still, pass rating jumped 40 points. Oh, yeah. 
And then week nine, he went 28 of 40 with 326 yards. So the trend is in the right direction as long as he starts stringing together a couple wins. But Make no mistake, he's going to need it on Monday night. He's going to absolutely need every one of those points. And if he doesn't you know, toss for 300 yards, he better hopes that Stafford puts it on the ground about six times. Because that's the only way they're going to win. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. That will do it for this episode of Stats Matter Podcast. Tim, 40 yeah. some odd minutes. What what is this? What is this new what is this new thing we have where where we just we we cut out the fluff, we just give the people what they're asking for? I'll tell you what it is. Hold on, ready? <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Mando! <laughs> you guys didn't see that, but uh it was a dad joke. Um but yeah, no. Uh, sorry for the delay. Maybe this is how we start banging them out. Uh, no, I, I think I think so. I know we've been we, saying that for like I don't know how many times, but we missed a, we missed a lot to talk about. Uh, we missed OBJ. Missed, I, I included him. No, no, no. But we didn't talk about like what that might mean if there were other teams that he should go to. Maybe we'll touch a little bit about that next. Yeah, let's take a few minutes. We're at forty minutes. Yeah. Thoughts on uh, Cam Newton comeback? Good move. About it. Fantastic. Cam Newton said on the I Am Athlete podcast four months ago when he was cut from the Patriots, there's not 32 quarterbacks that are better than me. And I completely completely agreed. We had mentioned at the time, I didn't think he was top 10 by any stretch of imagination, but he's a hell of a lot better than most of these trash backup quarterbacks you're putting out there. And, you know, you you got folks like the only person. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. The the only the only team who has a great backup quarterback situation is the New York Jets. Because every one of their backup quarterbacks comes in and just throws more touchdowns than Sam Darnold does. And I don't get it. I really don't. Like Mike White. Yeah. And then uh who was his backup that came in when he injured his thumb the other night? Like just beautiful, beautiful man. But well, Mike White the other day, uh coming out full cocky, which uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not I don't know if I'm a fan of that nonsense. Ru- and you know? I feel like I should have been a first round pick. Well, you weren't, dude. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, probably. You played one game. I mean, you played two games, and your second game you got injured. That that doesn't bode well. Best best ability is availability. Availability. Yep. 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 Uh, OBJ going to the Rams was there as a, a NFC. You, you thought he was going to land on as an NFC West fan. I absolutely hate it because I thought it's bullshit. Um, they just went to a team that was already stacked with talent, anyways. Um, it's, it's the maybe, NBA move. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Building super teams in LA. Most dynamic duo ever. Maybe if he had actually gone to the Saints to replace Michael Thomas, I thought that would have been something great. But they don't they don't have uh, Drew Brees anymore. So that didn't really make sense to me. The Patriots was like rumored, but like, come on. That wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have. Because he, 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 he wanted to go to a contender. So I'm surprised he didn't go to the Cardinals. But did you, you know what I mean? You just, would you just say we thought they were going to at least be a wild card team, not a playoff team. So that wouldn't make them a potential contender. My argument is that the Patriots don't have enough uh, enough weapons to like utilize that. Right. I mean, so then he he would be the first, second, and third look. And, and defense was no that they key it. He just wouldn't get the looks. I thought he would have maybe like wanted then to. Might have, but then you have maybe like Jonu Smith, who then may find better opportunities to get touchdowns because he would have had to have bought into the system that listen, you are our. You will be a primary target. However, you're not the only target. So sometimes your role is going to be to pull defenses away from other players because we're going to draw plays based off of that. Which is yeah. which is why I, you know, I've said in the past I don't pick Patriots receivers or running backs, running backs because a lot of times you're scheming against coverages. Okay, we know they're going to cover Edelman with two people in this sort of situation. So we're going to go to, you know, some, you know, tight end you've never heard of before that we're going to put in because you're not going to be paying, uh, paying attention there. And I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that would buy into that, but if he's saying he's going to go to a contender because he wants to win and, and maybe I really thought the Patriots may have had, may have had a chance. I thought green Bay might've been a bigger part of the conversation, but yeah. Well, the Rams is literally just a. I'm I'm going to a team that's already in contention. Let's just figure it out. I I was I was shocked it wasn't something like the Chargers either. Another team that's like or the Bills, right? Like definitely, like the Bills definitely would have been a good 
situation for him. The problem with the Bills is I think it's they've just been somewhat too inconsistent. Is that maybe because they don't have the same tools or they don't have a a a, a, a big deep weapon? But then again, like everyone's pointing towards Mayfield, like he wasn't throwing at him. There were reasons the ball wasn't going in the, in his direction. Some of it might have been yeah. vision on Baker Mayfield's side, probably. But, but it's he is. Afterwards, he has called OBJ his friend. Like he has said, like I, I hope he's, I, I hope the best for him. We are friends. So, like, I don't think... wait for his ten part YouTube series after the season. Oh. That's that's when we're, that's where we're gonna find it all. Just like when oh, Cam oh. makes his his oh, YouTube cool. series, like you know, that that's what it's gonna be. They're all they, they can't find anyone who wants to make like the the last dance, so they're just gonna do it on their own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I genuinely don't think he was not being targeted. I just think maybe that's a, a failure on on Baker Mayfield's ability to like read a field, uh, read the field. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it's I, part of it is also like some of the ability has to be there, right? Like not getting targeted all the time isn't because a quarterback is never seeing you like there are it's easy for for dads to sit back and look at film and say look at all the times he was open yeah okay well without without put yourself knowing in a quarterback position and then go ahead and circle all the guys who are open and you're not gonna just you're not just gonna see that it's stupid it's stupid now you if his that? dad if his dad were for pro football focus and graded every single snap Maybe I give him a little more credence, but and like you said, anyone can anyone can cut up and throw it up on YouTube and say, "Okay, he's totally open here." Maybe that was somewhere the play design was going. But how many times do you see a player on any position going like this because they're open, and the, the ball just doesn't doesn't go their direction because one either the play is drawn up to not look that direction, or the quarterback just doesn't have the ability to progress quick enough to see it. I don't know. I I thought yeah. that was. I thought that was a bogus call out. I think that made everyone. I made. I think that made him look bad. It was a very like Lavar Ball move, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, and I think you could pick a player on any team who was probably even even like guys who are targeted the most on a team. You could still find probably more than a handful of plays every game where they're completely open and the ball is not thrown in the direction. It's just stupid. It's it's helicopter parenting. That I don't think did him any favors and made the situation worse. Do you know think... the the greatest part? Did you see the bet MGM line for no. the Rams win the Super Bowl? It no. didn't move. <laughs> it it didn't move after they signed him. So yeah, dude, he's got to he's got to show he's got to show me something before I'm even willing to buy. One hundred percent. And this remember, is like a, a a needle mover. A few years ago, the Rams had a stacked defense and they went to the Super Bowl. They held Tom Brady and the New England Patriots to thirteen points. They scored three. Yeah. They don't have that same defensive coordinator. They have arguably a you know still a good offensive genius in, in Sean McVay. They have a much more competent quarterback, and now they have a, gr- a better defense. They're gonna le- they're gonna lose some games this year because they're trying too hard to make chemistry work. And if they're not careful, this could be a team that goes out in the divisional round of the playoffs and has no first round picks for the foreseeable future. Which again, as an AFC West fan, absolutely destroy <laughs> your team from the inside out. I would love to see it. Um, but it's going to be a beautiful Seth Wickersham book in a few years if they win, and an even better one if they don't. And speaking of Seth Wickersham books, It's Better to Be Feared is available right now. You need to listen to it on Audible or buy yourself a copy because it is incredible. Like this little tidbit that Tom Brady apparently wanted to play baseball. That was like his first love. Oh, I knew that. Or that his, that. well, I know you knew that, but I don't know that because I'm not a Patriots fan. Or that his high school friend's dad was a police officer or a deputy sheriff in San Francisco, and they used to go hang out at Giants games for free during the week, all the time, because the dad was working like security. Like, what the fuck is this? I always thought that Tom Brady had a silver spoon in his mouth, but this shit just irritates me. And as I'm getting further into the book, it's like a 19-hour book on Audible. I've been in it for like a week now, and I'm only like five or six hours in, and I have learned so much about the dynasty. doesn't make me hate it any less. Did you hear... um... The Eli Manning story about the first time he met Brett Favre. Yeah. So when he was younger, him and his buddy heard that he was going to be at this bar. So they went up, hopped over the fence, ran up. Uh, Eli snuck into the bar, said hello to Brett. Brett asked him if he wanted to hang out and play pool and get a beer. And he panicked and said, my buddy, because his buddy chickened out and didn't want to come in. 
So he left to go back with his buddy. <laughs> and then later on, Brett Favre, I guess, was like, hey, my uncle owned the bar. You guys could have just came into the front door and I would have gotten you in. <laughs> that was the first time I ever met him. Oh, uh, all right. The last quick thing. Hmm. We're going to keep this shit on an hour. Still. <clears throat> you, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers' <clears throat> apology in which he said, some of you may have felt misleaded by what I had said. I'm sorry to those who felt misleded. That is I, the biggest dirtbag way to apologize. I'm sorry if you felt offended. Yeah. I, that's that's saying I don't I'm not apologizing for what I'm saying. I'm sorry for how you took it. There's only one thing about this that I, I thought gave him any reprieve, and that's the fact that when this hubbub first started, all this information came out and lost in all that uh cacophony was one one tidbit. I can't remember who put it on Twitter. It was a, it was a sports journalist, and they said a lot of teams have been treating indoor practices if they're socially distanced as if they're outdoor, so people aren't wearing masks. And they're you know all the people who are asking the questions are either on Zoom or they're vaccinated and masked because that's what they have to do. Um, either way, it's still an egregious you know tick of the rules. Um, CD Lamb got fined twenty thousand dollars for having his jersey untucked. And yet Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard get $14,000 fines for violent COVID. Now, I understand that it's the precedent of it. But again, I just keep going back to Isaiah McKenzie and, and, uh, and Cole Beasley. And I feel like the Packers knew a lot more. That the team knew when the NFL said, no, your homeopathic method is not acceptable. That they should have, they should have, they should have told, the, told Aaron, look, you, you might be not here next year, right? So work with us. But let's keep this in in the best interest of the team. And neither one of them did that. Neither one of them did anything. He was like, the team's not going to tell me to do shit. And the team was like, we're not telling Aaron to do anything he doesn't want to do. And they got him into this scenario. They got fined, what, like thousands of dollars. It could have all been avoided by just wearing a mask or getting vaccinated. Yep. And, you know, if he if he had applied for a medical exemption instead of saying, hey, I did 500, you know, pages of my own research. And I presented all this stuff and I talked to Joe Rogan. The minute Joe Rogan came out as a, a legitimate medical source, and then he was like, "Yeah, I, I met with the, you know, the the NFL team doctors about it," and the NFL was like, "Actually, you didn't. You rebuffed it." Like, just keep digging your hole a, a bit deeper, Aaron. Like, it Dude. does not. Like, it doesn't matter. You said you were allergic to something that wasn't the J and J vaccine. Cool. There's two others. Oh, that's just in America. You could have went and got a, another one. You could have got an exception for a different vaccine entirely. You had every avenue to do it. And you just chose not to because what? You didn't get coronavirus the entire time until now. So you thought you were good. You thought your antibodies were up. Like, well, fantastic. But now you've hurt the team. And it, thought, in the I end, it's not it worth twice. it. I thought this is the second, his second bout with COVID. That's an, that, that even does less wonders for, for his line of thought, really, if you think about it. Oh, many times. <sighs> I, have to, I have to Google it real quick. Google it. As Aaron. Let's see. Oh my God. Aaron Rodgers' father on QB's approach to COVID 19 vaccines. I'm proud of him. Uh, did you see the meme that said uh, Aaron Rodgers heard that the, uh, the vaccine could protect his family, so he wanted nothing to do with it? <laughs> because, because he and his family. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that. But man, that was yeah. I'm, I don't care who you are. That's funny. I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I can't find it. I thought. I thought he had it once before, but no. But the uh, <laughs> I didn't lie in the initial press conference, and at the time, my plan was to say I've been immunized. It wasn't some sort of ruse or lie. I found an immunization protocol that could best protect me and my teammates. It was a long-term protocol that involved multiple months. Yeah, dude, whatever. Um, <sighs> science doesn't work that way, bro. <laughs> but anyway, <sighs> GG, sir. Uh, nice, nice work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, back from vacation, immediately back to work on this podcast. Because we're a podcast for the people. We're on the grind. That's right. That's right. right. So I got I got some serious succession to binge watch here. So, all right, sir. 
uh, Battlefield 2042. I'm coming at you, bro. Let's okay. do this. Okay, sure. I'm I'm so I'm so fucking bad at that game. It doesn't even make sense. I didn't bought the new Call of Duty yet because Battlefield, not Call of Duty, man. Battlefield. Okay, I don't have time to wait 83 years to respawn after I get shot in a game in Battlefield. Plus, I don't have an Xbox with a ton of storage, so I gotta I gotta I gotta be choosing. Do I need HBO Max and Netflix, or do I want to download a game? I gotta I, lose every time. Uh, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but storage ain't one. Anytime you want this smoke or this 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 Call of Duty smoke or this uh, Battlefield smoke, man, or I'll just carry you. I'll be I'll be the teammate. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah. your ass. So. Just, just like in this podcast, you'll carry me. All right, everybody. Uh, this is the way. I'm out. This is the way.